Hey runners, this is Letty from the Marathon Running Podcast, and what you're about to listen to is our very first episode. It's dated back to May of 2020. We didn't edit our episodes back then, so the audio is clearly lacking, and I also was doing the podcast with my friend Angela, who's still my very good friend, but now my husband Ryan does the episodes with me. If you rather want to listen to a newer intro, our current and updated intro is episode 53A. And if not, please enjoy this very first episode. You're listening to episode one. In our first podcast, we talk about the 10 biggest misconceptions about running. Welcome. We're your hosts, Letty and Angela, and we invite you to join us as we chat about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make running a favorite part of your life. Hey runners, welcome to our first episode of our podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Yeah, we're super excited. So today's going to be great. We're going to tell you a little bit about us, why we're doing this podcast, and going to get into some fun running information. Yes, that's that's good with you, Angela. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how old you are, and what you do for a living, etc. Awesome. Okay. Let's do that. Okay, so my name is Angela, and I'm 28 years old. I moved here to Florida, the Sunshine State, just in January. So I'm a new resident here, moved here from New Jersey. I started, yeah, so I started running maybe when I was 20, around there. Um, uh, Someone, where I was working, someone came in and asked me if I wanted to raise money for cancer research and run a half marathon, and I said, Sure, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, just out of the blue? <laughs> out of the blue. I I had never thought about running in my life. Um, I was a soccer player my whole life. I played center midfield, so I was running the field since I was probably two years old. <laughs> oh my god, but you so you went from not running, not even a 5k, no 10k, you just decided, sure, let's let's do a half marathon. Yeah, exactly. No races, just trained for a half. I had always ran somewhere between three to six miles, uh, you know, a couple times a week, but nothing more than that. Wow. Well, that's pretty ballsy (laughs) to commit to that. (laughs) It was pretty cool. I had no idea what I was doing. My first, I think my first half was like maybe 205. (laughs) That's good. How long ago was that you said? Probably when I was 20. So probably eight years ago maybe 19, somewhere around there. <laughs> well, that's cool that you just um, decided to do that. Did you have like a training plan or how did you, did you just wing it? Totally wong it, wing it, wong it. <laughs> <It's> winged. <laughs> just winged it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So that tells me a little bit, you know, about your personality because we're just getting to know each other too. We, you know, we've only known each other for a few months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's my running journey since then is just kind of figuring things out. And I'm excited to see this year, I'm going to take it a little bit more seriously. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit further. So yeah. Yeah. But what else about me? So got into running. I work in nutrition. So I work in the field of nutrition. So we'll be talking about that a little bit more in terms of things for fun. uh, I really love boating I love going on the beach I love hiking so all things outdoors how about you Lai? 
Um, well, that's awesome because, you know, you're coming right in the summertime. Florida has a bunch of wonderful beaches, crystal clear water. I mean, those are the perks. And I guess you move yeah. to the right states, state, at least for that. For sure. And able to run all year. Can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go out when it's 40 degrees. I feel sorry. Exactly. Like I agree. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, all right, so my name is Letty. I'm 38 years old, and I was born and raised in Germany, in Ecuador. My my dad's actually German. My mom is from Ecuador. So and, cool. Yeah, it's it's a different mix, right? And um, I moved unique to when I was almost 18. Um, I'm a lawyer by profession, but for the past few years, I've been fortunate enough to stay home because I have a one-year-old boy and a three-year-old little girl. Oh, that's amazing. I- Keep you busy for sure, especially during Corona times. Um, <laughs> so then um, what else? One of my passions besides running and being active is writing. I'm currently completing a crime fiction trilogy. Whoa. Yeah. Look at you. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, it's what happens when you're used to working a lot and then suddenly you stay home and, um, you know, it keeps you entertained, right? Yeah, I I can totally relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Then um, let me see what else. Um, Yeah, and I also just started a running business, not just, you know, half a year ago with my current running coach. My current running coach is Ron Tab. It's actually my only running coach I've ever had. He's a 209 marathoner from the 80s, which, you know, at the time, that was when the world record was only 208. Wow. Pretty crazy. So he lives locally. And, um, yeah, when I met him, I talked to him a lot and uh, he was trying to maybe coach a few more people. So I do the business side of it. I don't coach at all. I'm learning about being coached and I've probably picked up a lot of information to be a better runner now by myself too, but obviously who cannot benefit from somebody that fast, you know? Of course. That's amazing, Letty. And what was your PR when you started working with him on the marathon? Well, I mean, during law school, I didn't really strive for time a lot, but, you know, I did what I could. I think the highest mileage I've ever done in a week at that time was maybe around 40 miles. I didn't even print out those online um, training plans at all. I just, you know, kind of tried to do a few long runs, 20 mile runs. um, And then, you know, go with that and the PR back then was a three three fifty four and nice lost it and um yeah so you know now the PR is at three eighteen whoa not exhausted afterwards so it's awesome. That's amazing Letty really cool. Um, that's why you know that's why I decided you know it would be great to work with him and help spread the information. I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah, for sure. And I just started working with him this week, too. So we'll get to see how that goes and how my times change. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it either. I can't wait to, you know, track you and <laughs> see all your runs and your running times improve. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. And we'll definitely be sharing all that information on our journey here as well. Yes, definitely. All right. So let's get into why we're doing this show. That's a good question. Why are we doing a podcast? I mean, why is anyone doing a podcast? Exactly, exactly. So, well, I think we want to bring another, a different perspective, another different little flavor to running and 
running as women, um, making this fun, you know, talking about our different experiences, what we've been through and how we can relate this to others, we can relate this to you, the listener. I agree. I think that's a great idea. Um, I've listened to running podcasts a lot um, within the last few years just because I've picked up more mileage on my easy runs, at least. Um, I listened to music before, kind of got bored of it, and then Dateline kind of um, got, too, <laughs> got too paranoid listening to that because every time... <laughs> Dateline while you're running alone as a woman. <laughs> right, right, right. So then I stopped doing that, found some running podcasts, and I found a lot of them to be super helpful. Um, they provide you with a ton of information. At the same time, I was kind of missing entertainment. Um, I take my running serious, but I definitely am doing this because I'm enjoying it. And um, so I didn't want to just listen to running statistics and that I wanted to get some other motivations, real people's uh, input and, and hear about the struggles and uh, definitely was missing the fun part. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we decided to do this so people could be entertained and listen to something that's maybe funny, too, and um, make running less boring and make you feel like you have a running buddy, especially right now during Corona times when people are not running in groups so much anymore. I feel like there's nothing better than having a good running buddy or running group that you run with on your easy runs where you can just chat about your week and, you know, stuff that runners talk about. So that's what we are trying to accomplish with this. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially for new runners, you know, they're just starting out. Maybe they don't have anyone to run with and this will give them some, you know, some information and knowledge and help them on their journey. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I agree. Let's let's make it fun. <laughs> yes, we will. I'm sure we will. We're pretty fun people. <laughs> I think we are. We might be doing our <laughs> But we'll see what we um get. We obviously always will welcome feedback and um people's comments will be helpful to guide us where they want us to see. I mean, where they want to see us go. Um if you have any input as to what you want us to talk about you know let us know in in the comments and we'll try to figure out where we can read them because we're all new to podcasting here yeah for sure any feedback will be great feedback so we'll appreciate it yeah and share share this podcast with your friends so help us launch this help us get started yes let's do that yeah so what is our first topic today what are we going to be talking about Today, we have decided to talk about the 10 biggest misconceptions about running. We just picked the number 10 because it seems like people like lists. So we might be short or we might be long, but the goal is to hit 10 points. <laughs> awesome. So that's a great topic. 10 biggest running misconceptions. There's so many. So this will be exciting. So yeah, let's let's kind of go back and forth and share our misconceptions and and have fun with this. Yes, let's do. All right, so you want to go first? Yeah, sure, I'll go first. Um, okay, so the first misconception was a very personal one. Um, my misconception was that marathoners are real thin and really fast and that not every <laughs> run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, though, Letty. So many people just, 
I, I mean, I heard it the other day. They they saw someone and they looked at their body and they said, oh, she's definitely a runner. And didn't even look at me and think that. And I thought, you know, because I'm not the skinniest. I'm not overweight or anything, but I, I don't have a, a rail thin frame. So I thought, how are you going to say that? I don't look like a runner. <laughs> exactly. It is really the biggest misconception. I, I was kind of um, guilty of that too. Uh, I'd done a bunch of half marathons when I first started running. I think it was 2005. I've done a bunch of half marathons and you're done with a run with the half marathon and you think, oh my gosh, there's no, wor- there's no way on earth that I could ever do the same distance two times, you know, in, in a manageable time. It just seems so out of reach. Also, I was only used to seeing maybe pictures in magazines or photos online of the winners or, you know, whenever they, they air a marathon, they don't show you the back of the pack. When they do the New York marathon, they show you the front runners and then there's a huge gap. So you don't really see the regular everyday runner on television. So, you know, I wasn't really into watching that. But whenever I would see it, it wouldn't be the average runner. So you see the really lean person that run the 220, 210 paces. And then you think, oh, okay, those are the marathoners. And um, so that was my misconception. And um, I realized that wasn't the truth when I was... um, I just moved to L.A. for law school and I was running around the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, which was my daily three, six mile run. I ran into this older man that told me, hey, are you training for a marathon? And I said, oh, no, nowhere on earth. And he said, well, (laughs) you should. And I said, you know, I don't think so. And he said, well, why don't you come out to our running group? There's the Los Angeles Roadrunners. They run every Saturday morning at seven o'clock by the beach. And um, the marathon was only, uh, I think it was two months away. So I decided, you know what, I don't, I I don't think I can do this, but I want to see it because I love being inspired by people. So I drove out there without running clothes. And I just kind of sat by the beach that early morning on a Saturday. And I saw hundreds of people training with the roadrunners. And they were all shapes and sizes, all speeds. I think there was 10 different speed groups. Fastest one was group one. Uh, slowest one was group 10 and they were just you know doing run walking for the slower ones running for the faster ones and that's when it clicked and I said wow all these people are finishing a marathon if they can do it why can't I try right yeah wow what an amazing story Letty that is awesome so that's how you really got started and got into marathon running yeah yeah, I joined them. I ended up joining them, um, you know, for the last six weeks. And it was my first marathon. I think it was like a four, seven, four, eight. And, um, you know, with just the long runs with them. And it was definitely attainable and a big wake up call that, wow, I just opened my whole world to, to a new sport and all these places I can travel to find marathons and, you know, really started enjoying running. Wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. And I'll just tell you quickly. So you were 408. My first, my first and only marathon was 408. I know. I always think that we're the same speed. Like, I think you will end up, you know, within a year where I am now, and then you'll just progress from there. I have absolutely no doubt in that. That's so encouraging. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. So let's let yours number two, our official number two. Okay, so next running misconception, 
running is bad for your health. Have you heard that one? Yes, I have. Yeah, so people think running, you know, you get run down. It's going to, it's going to, um, you know, decrease your immune system, not help you to be as strong, not help you to be as healthy. But really, running and exercise is an immune booster, and it can help support your health really in the long run. I mean, have you noticed that with yourself? Any, any improvements or changes with your health since you started running? You know, now that you say that, I kind of do think that I get sick less. I don't know if that's just in my head, but I kind of feel like since I've been running a lot more, I don't get sick as easily. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. I think another part of it, too, is when you start running or even when you just start exercising, it kind of motivates you to live a little bit of a healthier lifestyle. So sometimes it's that trigger and say, okay, I think I will eat more fruits and vegetables. I think I will start taking some vitamins, drinking more water, things like that. That's very true. I I feel like if I run in the morning, I'm kind of not, I'm paying more attention to what I put into my body. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good trigger. All right. So you want to bring out your next one? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Let's see. I have running is boring. Have you running is boring. (laughs) I've heard that plenty of times. Oh, I don't want to run. It's too boring. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've heard it a lot where people say, oh, I can't do more than one mile and then I have to do something else. Um, And, you know, I, I feel like the only time running has been boring for me in the past was if I ran on a treadmill, but I, I guess now that um, everybody's doing the Peloton, which I've never done, they say it's different, which makes sense. You know, it's a guided run and you have somebody talking, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't do treadmill and I'm a big fan of running outside though. And I think if you feel like running could be boring for you, you can do a few things. You could uh, change your route. You can change the times of day that you run. You know, if you run early in the morning, you're in a dark world where it's very peaceful, you know, depending on where you run, just stay safe. Um, Or you can run in the middle of a day and you can, you know, run by businesses and be an observer on foot, kind of like, you know. And um, you get a running buddy that you can chat with or a group of runners that you can chat with. Um, You could listen to music, podcasts, audiobooks. Or even, I mean, I've done phone calls on my easy runs, you know. You just got to be careful about what kind of earbuds you use and, and make mm-hmm. you aware of traffic. But, yeah, I think there's a bunch of things you can do to keep running from becoming boring. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Letty. I know for me, running is one of my favorite ways to see the world. Just, you know, just like you said, that those different times of the day where you're seeing things that you might have just driven past really fast, you're running by it, you're really taking it in, you're hearing the sounds, the birds, everything around you. It's so awesome, especially if you've ever traveled and then you get to run the area that you travel and see it through through that perspective. It's such an amazing experience. Oh my God, you said that so beautifully, like... That's like, <laughs> like a slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I am selling running. This is why you should do it. This is why you should be a runner. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. We went on a we went on a cruise last year and we were it was on the Greek islands. And every time during the day we would, you know, get on the port and like do our excursions and then 
we came back and with like whatever time we had left over 30 minutes I would go out for just a little run and it was just so beautiful just you see different cultures you run by them you smell different foods and you know you climb up on some little mountain and view the ocean I mean you just said that perfectly it's it's exactly that it's a wonderful way of seeing the world yeah such a good point so how can you call that boring <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you sold us, Angela. Sold no. <laughs> next. <laughs> next. Okay. So next I have all runners have to be marathoners. That's a really good point. So and then and to reference that, how many times, Letty, do we tell a friend or a family member, oh, I just finished my 5K or I or I'm going, I'm training for my half marathon, and they say we're not even half marathon, my 10K, you know, 5K, shorter distance. And then at the end of your race, they go, so how was your marathon? How'd you do in that marathon race? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You know, like how much time do you hear that? It happens all the time. It's like, oh, you run a marathon? How long was this marathon? Well, it's the same length as every other marathon that I run. <laughs> yeah I guess I guess they translate marathon to race so whenever they think marathon whenever they think running race they say marathon yeah 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 it's that's funny yeah my friend just ran a marathon in 21 minutes and like (laughs) that's a fast runner that runner beats Kipchoge (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah and then also with that all run thinking that all runners have to be marathoners so I think that's an intimidating factor for some people and maybe why they don't want to start running is because they think oh well if I'm going to start running that means that I have to do the marathon and right like I know you're a marathoner Letty but for me I've only run one and I did it just because I wanted to achieve it and I did it in in my first few years of running and since then really to be honest a marathon isn't part of my goal right now I'm really working on the half marathon and everything below it just working on my speed and and enjoying running so I would say with that runners don't have to feel intimidated like they need to do a marathon you can be a runner even if you don't run races oh yeah 100 percent. I mean running should just be a lifestyle a a healthy lifestyle um you know you can run a 5k or not it doesn't really matter as long as you run or even just do some kind of movement leave your house and do some kind of movement Um, there's so many benefits for it I agree so definitely a distance a certain distance that you run or a certain time that doesn't make you a runner getting out and running whether you're running walking jogging whatever you're doing that makes you a runner that is 100% true yeah and so we do just debunk that that's completely true I agree with you Awesome. All right. What do you got next? I have, let me see. Oh, when you run, you can eat whatever you want. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> right. I mean, that that goes hand in hand too with, um, you know, that first thing that I was talking about where, where you think that every marathoner is real thin and super fast. I mean, so what happens when you run, and you probably know more about this than me because you studied nutrition, but just, you know, from, from a logical perspective is when you run, you exhaust your body a little bit, you might feel more hungry. So while you are burning more calories, you might also accidentally be taking in 
more. Um, there's a lot of runners that actually gain a little bit of weight. Um, you know, you have to find that happy medium. You still don't have a, you know, a, a free pass to just go and eat whatever you want. 100%. Definitely. Definitely. You hit it right on the head, Letty. So when we run, we're going to be more hungry. Cause like you said, we're burning more calories than our body is used to. And your body is very smart. It wants to adapt and bring it right back to where it is. So it wants to maintain that, that steady state kind of pace, kind of weight. It wants to be at that happy weight. So when you start running, you're burning those calories and your weight slowly starts to drop. You're going to want more food because your body wants to bring you right back up. So I think that's when runners kind of get lost in that because they're trying to they're thinking in their head oh I can eat whatever I want you know like I said but if you do eat you know too much that's when you kind of run into the pitfalls of running more being more hungry but then eating in excess and then that negatively affecting your weight so that is a really good point and so as runners I think it's more so about the quality of our food really with everyone, you know, the quality of your food, the quality of your nutrition, rather than the quantity and meeting your needs, of course, your caloric needs, because you, like we said, you are going to burn more calories, but not in excess. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And um, I actually think it'd be really informative if we could have one of our episodes be about nutrition, you can share more about, you know, what you think um, people should look into more uh, when it comes to what type of calories, what kind of foods you should eat as a runner, what could help you, etc. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. So anyone listening, just let us know what you want to hear on that. And we'll definitely prepare some information on that. We can talk about healthy carbs, good carbs to have, how to really um, carb load, what is proper carb loading before I think we're going to talk a little bit about that later on with running conceptions, but uh, proper carb loading and, and how to fuel post run, all that kind of stuff, how to fuel on the run, all fun stuff we could talk about. Yeah. And please talk about this whole macro micro stuff that everybody is talking about that I keep on adding to my Google list to figure out what it is, but have yet to do that. Okay. <laughs> sure. I love it. I could talk nutrition all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, Let's see. What else do we have? Oh, so next one I have on this topic is you need to eat pasta before a race. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, so perfect on this on this topic. But <laughs> So how many runners do we know or races that offer a pasta party the night before? I think most of the bigger races do sell some sort of ticket to a pasta dinner. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing about that, I'm sure we'll talk about this more another time, but th that's not a bad idea. But really, if you want to carb load, the carb loading should start a few days before, not so much the, the day before, because you can actually run into an issue, especially if you're a new runner and you don't really eat pasta that often. And then out of nowhere, the day before your big race, you're eating all these bagels at night, you're eating a big bowl of pasta, you're drinking a ton of water, and then the next day you're bloated. <laughs> so you're running a bloated marathon. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure so many runners have had that experience a time or two. So with that, you know, really with, with pasta the night before, you can, 
you definitely can because it is a higher amount of carbs, easily absorbable uh, form of carbs. But I wouldn't say it's a necessity. And it's very bio-individual. Yeah. Otherwise, you might get the runs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Quite literally, yes. It's very possible. (laughs) Talking about GI issues here. Um... (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, let's see. I have another one. And that is that running is bad for your knees. That was actually... um, it has been, there's been a lot of studies. I actually read about one yesterday when I was trying to figure out what we could talk about today, uh, that this has obviously been debunked. Running can actually be very helpful um, because, you know, first of all, as a runner, you're likely to have a lower body weight and regularly loading your knee joints can keep your cartilage healthy. So, you know, runner's knee, I mean, I feel like you're either prone to it or not. And, um, you know, if you pick up running, hopefully, you know, that does not do any damage to your knees. Yeah. But do you think with that, Letty, do you think sometimes people, maybe they have a knee injury, but they can, they can run it, grow out of it. Or what do you think about that? What has your experience been? I mean, from what I know is that you can maybe overuse it. I mean, it's just so individual. It depends on what kind of training you're doing. If you've been aggressive increasing your mileage you know you know if it's an acute injury if it's chronic one um you know I feel like I'm not equipped to talk about that stuff because I don't know enough about it I just know that people always think that hey if you run you're gonna get your knee you're gonna get bad knees because you're using up your cartilage um they make it seem like it's almost like there's this material cartilage between your two bones and by running you're making it go thin and that is what i'm referring to that has been debunked by um studies that that that's just not true but then again you know individual to individual um not all runners run the same type um of of, they don't have the same type of mileage or speed training or whatever all plays into that just in general just for the average runner this is found to not be true yeah yeah and I'll just from hearing you say that I'll back that up with a few points that I think it's very important to build up your mileage progressively and to fully develop the muscles and the tendons around the knee, you know, within the legs, within the hips, quads, ankles, all of that to prevent that breakdown. But also I think a part of that, that supposed breakdown is truly related to your health and related to what you're feeding your body. Does does your body have enough of the nutrients to support the strength in your bones and the strength in your tendons, you know, to maintain that, to avoid that breakdown? Because that breakdown could be related to low calcium levels, you know, not having those, the proper nutrition, low vitamin D, low magnesium, things that you need to maintain that, that bone strength. Yeah, yeah. And definitely also, you know, your body weight. Um, Obviously, there's nothing worse than if you put too much stress on your knees due to having more than, um, you know, a higher body weight. So that's good point damage as well, you know? So, yeah, I mean, obviously we're not doctors and there's a lot to it, but this is just, you know, in general, they say, Oh, you know, bad knees from running and generally no, not bad knees from running. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. hundred percent. Yeah. So let's see. Got one more. All right. So next I have, 
if you train for a marathon, you need to run a 20-mile jog beforehand. So you can talk on this a little bit better. I've only done the one marathon, and for that one, my long run was a 20. So I did do one 20-miler maybe like three weeks before. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, before I got a coach, that was my impression too, because all the information that you read on the internet, I mean, there's different training plans, right? Some of them are high mileage, some of them are running more days a week than others. They all vary so much, but the one that I fo followed, the few times I did follow, um, you know, or at least would I would basically just read what the long runs were and I would do the long runs on the weekends. And there was a bunch of 20 milers, I think, like you said, you know, week five, four, three, right before um, a marathon. And um, that can be true, but doesn't have to be true. So I guess we're debunking it because you don't have to. What our coach is um, letting us know is that, or what he's having us do is he's having us do long runs at 15, 16, and 17 miles. And um, it's basically a split day. So you do your hard run in the morning at 15, 16, or 17 miles, you know, um, up until the week before the marathon, actually. And then you do a really light evening run, a shorter one, maybe five miles. So I guess you do do the mileage during that day, but you don't um, do it all at once. You don't go out all hard. And the reason for that is because you can actually... Um, your muscles will take longer to recuperate after um, doing that type of run. So say if you're training for a marathon and you're running a hard 20 miler on Saturday, then you're basically taking three to four days to recover from that. So the next days that you're supposed to be training and doing different types of runs, you can't really use those because you're still recovering from that run. So everything kind of goes south from there. Wow. So that's a really cool perspective. I never heard of that. That's really awesome. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. And um, from what our coach was telling us, um, and I might be misquoting him, but you know, basically, when you do those long runs in, in these training plans, they are definitely confidence builders, right? Because if you can run your 20, 21, 22 mile runs, then in your head, it's only four miles more. And you can finish that marathon, you know, it's, it's a big confidence builder. Whereas, you know, with us, with our training plans, you do 15 miles and, you know, it's 11 more miles that you have to do. Um, so you have to have the confidence from your past marathons and be like, it's a distance that I can do, but I'm training, you know, in a different way now. So I don't have to run 22 miles, 20 miles all at once. I can run 15 miles and, um, and, and that'll, that'll still power me through. So you just have to kind of change your mental game with that. Yeah, so that's cool. So that might be a good perspective for someone maybe who has done a few marathons in the past and they've already been to that 26, you know, they've done that 26-mile distance. So they've felt that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and you'll probably agree with me on this one that a lot of, I, I don't know, I mean, I feel like the training is a huge part, obviously. If you don't train, you can't hit your speeds and stuff but I mean the marathon it's a big mental game it's a fun mental game you just have to you know look at it that way I agree I definitely agree I, I know the, the one marathon I did I mean I hit mile 20 and I thought how am I gonna do six more and then your body I mean with everything whether it's a marathon or it's not 
with running, it is so mental. I would, I would have to definitely say, I mean, every run you go on, you don't think you can run that speed. You don't think you can run that distance. And then your body takes you there. It just takes you there. So I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's like magic. You know, you can do <laughs> so much more than you, than you actually think you can. And then after you do, your confidence is up there. And then the next time you run, you know, finishing the 26.2 miles is not the question anymore. It's how you're going to do it. I mean, you know you're going to do it because, you know, various things. I mean, what's the alternative? You can stop and then you can, you know, walk it. It's going to take even longer. <laughs> you can try yeah. to have, I guess. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, I mean, you look at people now who are doing all these ultra races, which is unreal. I mean, I was watching a little brief documentary yesterday on a few guys running this hundred mile race. And I'm just thinking in my head, it makes, it makes every other run just sound like so possible. It makes, you know, it just changes your whole perspective. So I mean, that's a whole nother rant, ultra running, but so cool. I mean, it's like, it's like that guy, Patrick, that we both know from the speedsters, right? Yeah. Yeah. That he ran a marathon to get ready for his, I don't know. Was it something like that? that he said he ran the marathon. So he knew he'd be having a stronger mental game for his hundred miler. That makes sense. Yeah. Because now that distance was nothing. I don't know. Can you imagine that? I don't want to misquote, but I think it was him. I don't know that ultra runners, you know. We should get a guest ultra runner on one of our podcasts. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that, learn all about it. Our listeners can learn more about ultra running. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Maybe we'll end up running an ultra one day. Who knows? Oh, man, you never know. You could probably talk me into a lot of things. I probably... (laughs) <laughs> but you know what though unlike with the marathon distance the ultra is really anything over 26.2 that's so true we could just do 27 <laughs> <laughs> yes let's run an ultra <laughs> we'll, we'll get there and we'll just you know not finish at the finish line <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there laddie <laughs> yeah all right you got one more for us um, do I? Uh, let me see. Oh, I do. Yeah. So I have the more you run, the more tired you get. And I think um, that's true unless you have the right training plan, which, you know, um, if, if you're running a lot of miles, obviously you're going to be tired. But then you also have to realize there's a big difference in the speeds that you run. I always thought when you're training for a marathon, all your runs are the same speed obviously I hadn't done my research at the time but you know there's a lot of easy running Um, maybe 70 percent is an easy pace and the rest of them are you know speed or or intervals so I think if you do it right then you can actually feel energized Um, I feel energized I've been running every day of this month uh, because we're fundraising right now from from our running team and um you know, but you, you, you are too, right? You've been running for the last 30 days. Yeah. So I started my first ever run streak on May 1st. I'm planning to take it to July 4th and see if it goes past that, but I've never done this in my life. I've always wanted to do a run streak, but I always thought 
that if I ran so many days in a row, I'd be too tired and I would get injured. Yeah. And it's so interesting because my first week after doing a full week or uh, eight or so days of running in a row, that like Monday, Tuesday, I felt amazing. I was running. I, so I was, my fastest times were back in 2016 and I felt as good as I felt then doing this run streak. So that's definitely not a true statement. Cause I mean, I've been running these 30 days in a row and I feel amazing. That's crazy. I wonder what you're doing different. Are you um, running slower, faster? How far are you running? Every day is different. Um, really, not really, just a, a mix of both. Some runs are slow, some runs are fast, but I really think it has to do with my legs having that turnover and, and you know, getting that movement out. And I think the days that I wasn't running, they were just t- tensing up, getting too tight. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Maybe it's your calling. Maybe you'll be like that guy in San Diego. I think there's a guy in San Diego that's been on a run streak of eight miles a day for the last 30 years or something. I'll have to look it up. That's amazing. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's pretty fun. Every day I think I wake up, okay, when am I going to do my run? You know, it's pretty fun. That's very inspiring. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Well, I can't wait to hear how this all plays out. Yeah, we'll see how long it takes me. I, I think, I mean, it's not too hard to at least get one mile out a day. That's true. That's true. And, um, yeah, I mean, you also work full time. So, you know, that that's amazing that you're able to do that. Yeah, you're right. I think with exercise, though, as long as you make something a priority in your life, you can make time for it. I mean, you could run one mile. In less than 10 minutes. You know how many things you could waste time with in 10 minutes? Oh, I can think of a lot of them. <laughs> I can think of a ton of them. So true. All right, I got one more. So I have running long distance will cause you to lose a toenail. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've never lost a toenail. How about you? I've lost two toenails. Um, <laughs> and it was not pretty... But I think I did. I might have posted it on Instagram anyway. (laughs) So how'd that happen? So, I mean, the first time, I don't remember how it happened. You know, I'm not a big pedicure person. I'm I'm just not. You know, I don't get my nails done a lot. But the first time I did it was actually both times I had a pedicure. And I think the problem and the reason this happens is um, either your shoes are too tight or not, you know, you don't, you need a little bit of extra room in the front. I don't remember how it happened the first time. The second time it was, I was doing the rebel. What was it? The cottonwood rebel uh, marathon and it's a downhill run. So basically, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big, I don't know if you've heard of the rebel run series. Um, they're all downhill runs and it gives people a chance to PR Um and, and you do run down the hill and I guess your foot slips forward in your shoe. So your toe keeps hitting the front of it. And so if your toenails aren't trimmed down all the way completely, then instead of your actual toe hitting, you know, the front of your foot, it's your toenail. So when you do that for 26 miles, I think, you know, you bruise it underneath it. And then, you know, obviously you have almost like a blister and, and it just lifts up and it's, it's not, 
I mean, it's not really that painful. It's painful taking it off when it's only hanging on one side. I know it's really gross. Oh, man. I'll show you a picture. I'll tag you in it. <laughs> okay, can't wait. <laughs> you know, and it happens, and then it's kind of interesting, um, you know, that that happens. But I don't think this is something that should happen. I think you should just always trim your toenails before a marathon and make sure that your running shoes have a little bit of a gap in the front. Yeah. That's a really good point. I noticed too, I'll, I'll feel pain. If I, if my toenails are not fully cut, then I will notice that I start to feel pain in the toe or I'll get a blister, something like that. But other than that, I've never, I've never experienced it, but I did notice on our run today, Letty, do you not run with socks? Oh, I haven't run with socks ever. I mean, I don't like socks. <laughs> what? And you don't get blisters? No, I don't. Um, but then again, you know, I probably don't have the prettiest feet to look at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I feel like when I, especially in Florida, you know, maybe in California now, if 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 I'm back anywhere that's colder than Florida, Florida's 80 degrees, you know, I'm okay with an extra layer. But it's mostly, I don't know. I just feel like I'm suffocating and my feet are really hot. That's so interesting. You know, me, the second I would, if I were to even just walk without socks, I'd get blisters. Oh, wow. I mean, I I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess all the shoes, when I buy them, I purposefully look if I could, if they're kind of stockless shoes, if I could manage. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) don't like socks in my shoes. That's amazing. I wonder how many people can relate to that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, your shoes, I also throw them in the washer regularly because, you know, of other things that are not pretty that happen when you run without socks on. <laughs> That's but, so cool. But it is. You just, you know, wash your shoes. I mean, you have to wash everything all the time anyway here. You're just drenched after going out for a mile. Everything. One mile drenched. <laughs> Welcome to Florida summer running. <laughs> yep. I'm getting, I'm getting the feel for it here. <laughs> Yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So is that all we got or we have more info? I think that's all we have for today. And um, I think we're doing pretty good with timing, too. We were afraid it was going to be a very short podcast. But I think, um, you know, give us your feedback. Uh, let us know how you like our new podcast. And we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And then next time, what are we planning to talk about? We're going to talk about keeping motivated with all the races being canceled yeah that's a good one let's do that let's talk about how we stay motivated maybe some tips on what you can do um you know to to stay with it so you don't just drop the ball and then you know come race season you'll be a strong runner with a strong base and um maybe get to pr yeah that's a good point and we can talk about how even that base building now, how that will transfer over and why it's important not to just stop running, but really to, to really build that base now. That's perfect. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Sounds great. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody, if you're still with us and we haven't bored you. Um, <laughs> we hope that you tune in next time. Yeah, we look forward to talking with you guys or listening talking with you guys and talking with one another and we look forward to our next podcast. So see you soon. See you next Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast 
And you can also like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Our account you can find under WGTR Podcast. Thanks and have a great week of running.